Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Not Your African Cliché. Before we get into today's episode though, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher, where we are Not Your African Cliché, as well as SoundCloud, where we are NYAC Podcast. Don't forget to reach out to us on social media, Facebook, we are Not Your African Cliché, Twitter, at NYAC Podcast, and Instagram, NYAC underscore podcast. You can also email us at notyourafricancliche at gmail.com. Now, enjoy the rest of the episode. exciting episode of Not Your African Cliche. My name is Onyeka, aka Yeka O, and as per usual, I am joined by my, by my phenomenal uh, co-host. Ladies, do you want to remind the people who you are? Hi, everyone. This is Amayo. Hi, everyone. This is Ifeyua. Hi, this is Ife. Awesome. Thank you, ladies. Um, on today's show, we have two guests, actually. Um, so do you guys want to tell people who you are and kind of what you do? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll just say, my name is Ladi. I'm a co-founder of Lada NG, and I'm over here with Sam. Yeah, so this is Samuel, co-founder of Lada NG. Happy to be here. Awesome. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, so I kind of, in a roundabout way, got to talk to Laddie about Lara.ng, um, but for people who don't know anything um, about that platform, do you want to kind of share what it is, um, and then we'll kind of talk about your path towards getting there. But for now, can you just let people know what is Lara.ng? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. So uh, Lara.ng is um, it's a chatbot, basically. But it's a chatbot that helps people find their way around Lagos, Nigeria. So we're in Lagos for now. We hope to expand soon. So it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a web application. So it's available on www.lara.ng. And what people typically do is they go to Lara.ng to ask for direction. So if you want to get anywhere in Lagos, you basically tell Lara, hey, I'm going from, I don't know, a popular place to Ikeja City Mall to Silverbird Cinema. And she kind of gives you step-by-step directions in text form, just like you're chatting with a friend on, on WhatsApp. Um, and she tells you how much each um, trip uh, would cost. So take a downfall, take keke, get off at this bus stop, get on at that bus stop. Um, and this is how much it will cost for each stage of the trip. Um, so she basically helps people plan their trips in Lagos, Nigeria. Um, and we hope to expand to other cities very soon. Um, so that's what Lara is. Um, I, get, I think that's a skinny. Okay, fantastic. So... Um... I'm very curious because I've read some articles and listened to a podcast that you guys um, or Laddie was on. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us what your professional background was prior to creating Lara.ng? Okay, this is Laddie. I have a background in civil engineering and construction management. So it's really not related to building tech products. And I think mm-hmm. you see that's a trend in the co-founding team. Um, so there's three of us, right? Um, and like I said... I went to school, I did my undergrad in Nigeria and Covenant University. I studied civil engineering. Um, I worked in oil and gas for a while. Um, and then I traveled to the US. I, I went to school at Stanford to get my master's program. Um, and at Stanford, it was also a focus on construction management and construction. Um, but uh, I kind of add an edge towards uh, transportation infrastructure. That's kind of like building rail systems and building trains and that kind of stuff. I worked in Hawaii. I did that for two years, um, building a real system over there. But I always had that thing where I wanted to come back to Nigeria and build something cool, um, just because, you know, I figured I would want to live in Nigeria for the rest of my life. So it made sense to uh, come back early and start a business. So that's kind of where I was inching towards. So, uh, and then I met Sam um, through a mutual friend. So, I mean, it was at that point I started getting interested in, you know, building a of working on a tech solution for transportation just because there are all the benefits of building technology and launching a tech business um you know low cost to start and you could get a lot of uh you could impact a lot of people with a very good technology without that much capital so that was very attractive from that standpoint 
Um, and also, mm-hmm. while I was at Stanford, I kind of cut that entrepreneurship bug, right? Like most people mm-hmm. get that bug while they're at Stanford because it's such a big tech community and there's so much entrepreneurship going on. I did like a entrepreneurship program while I was there. I worked on a real startup um, kind of in my first summer for my first summer internship over there. And it was part of that. During that period, I kind of knew this is what I was going to do. Um, and then I met Sam. Sam had already started um, or, or the company that builds Lara prior to Lara being built. Um, and I think he would love to go deep into what that product was. So I kind of joined in at that point before we built Lara. That's so cool. Um, this is Ife. I just wanted to jump in and say props to you for, you know, actually coming back with a vision and knowing that, oh, this is, you know, there are problems I want to solve in Nigeria and mm-hmm. this is what I want to do. So props to you for going and coming back. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. I've heard other things for my going and coming back, but I'll take that. I'll take that one. <laughs> I'll take that one. So, Sam, your story. Yeah, so, um, like, a lot of you as well, I have a background in mechanical engineering from the University of Lagos. And prior to that, I was also working in an old company as a drilling and logistics engineer. And, yeah, <clears throat> it's pretty much just drilling all wells in the Gulf of Guinea. And that was prior to my NYC. And during NYC, I was a TA at the Dells University of Science and Tech. And that's pretty much how I met, or rather how the friendship became with myself and the said co-founder of the team in Ambi. Um, yeah, uh, I also have some degree <coughs> from Stanford as well, too, from the business school and School of Professional Development in Entrepreneurship and Innovation. So I'm not doing anything today that <laughs> sort of had anything relating to my initial background. But hmm. yeah, to some extent, yeah, we still apply most of that because, well, I'm the design guy on the team and I pretty much was doing design work in mechanical engineering prior to road preppers. And so that was pretty much what I was doing prior to uh, rather road preppers. Okay. Um, just out of curiosity, Yika, over here. Um, your professional background um, was that as a result of the Nigerian parent syndrome, or was that just you just got into school for that? It just happened, or you really wanted to do civil actually, engineering I, or mechanical? I, I actually really wanted to go that whole route. <clears throat> I think okay. it was more or less like <laughs> it's probably during my NYC days. I, I was kind of starting to discover myself. Uh, mm. I. I'm a creative and I don't like to be held in one place. Even while I was working at um, Afrem right there, I, I I wanted that whole like innovation and creativity space. I didn't want to keep that. You know, I worked for there for about 18 months. And I was like, I don't think I want to be sitting down in the middle of the ocean for the rest of my life going to it <laughs> on and off. <laughs> yeah, although the pay is really cool and all, but uh, I think there was like little room for innovation for me. In there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and same thing I kind of had like in the same experience I sort of had even while I, I was at there I was uh, it felt like just doing inventor and design so it's pretty cool like you know doing some of those but I think after like six months I got tired and bored of that I was like I think there's more than this to that whole engineer I think plus another thing again probably Nigeria like you know most of my mates who we all did like you know mechanical engineering together most of what you probably do is do HVAC air conditioning systems for like you know large bodies and, mm-hmm. and i was like well can we do like this it's probably gonna be more than this i had no idea what i wanted to do like i had no idea i, I feel mm-hmm. like the point where i decided i wanted to do civil engineering if i remember correctly i was looking at i was watching tv and i was looking at the skyline of new york where there were like all these tall buildings and my uncle was there with me and i'm like i want to own those buildings i want to own buildings like that one day and he was like, oh, you should be a civil engineer. So that's how I went down that path. But I don't think he understood what I was saying. I didn't, I didn't, right. I didn't, I didn't necessarily say I wanted to build those buildings. I said I wanted to own those buildings. I don't think he got it. If he did, if he did, he wouldn't have told me to do civil engineering. And I personally, I think that's why I got bored of civil engineering. Like construction is not that much fun for me, even though I did it for a good, a good couple of years. But um, mm-hmm. I think, without sounding too cocky, I feel like I'm a, I, I like to think of myself like a capitalist. Like, I want to build and own things. 
big thing. Mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with being ambitious, right? That's kind of the way I no. think. So I, mm. that's kind of what's been guiding my decisions as I go from one path to the other. But I think as I've gotten older, it's more of a thing of um, wanting to do like stuff that's really impactful. I think that's kind mm. of what I'm thinking about. How can I do stuff that impacts a lot of people in a positive way, you know, um, something that could scale? I think that's kind of what will bring me satisfaction. And I think that's kind of what's been guiding me to make decisions every step of the way. You know, I could go to any grad school, chose I'd love to go to Stanford because that's where all the, you know, people who are doing big things are going. So, you know, like that's kind of the thing that's been guiding my step-by-step direction. But yeah, parents might have had some influence in engineering just because, you know, that's the it's engineering. safest route to go. <laughs> um, so Sam, do you want to tell us a little bit about road preppers? Like what, what is that? Sometime in 2012, I was on a flight coming back home from my sister's wedding from Jersey to London. And there was this guy sitting right next to me in the plane. And it was his first time going to London. He had no idea. I could see, like, you know, he was already very nervous and all that. I was like, hey, bro, like, you know, are you very familiar with London? I was like, yeah, to some extent. So I remember helping him plan his trip from from Heathrow to wherever he, where he was going to. And, like, there was this sigh, like, you know, relief on his face. And I, I felt this, like, you know, joy helping him out, out there. And... Hmm. And then I thought to myself, what if this guy was coming to Nigeria? Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, are you, man? <laughs> Your yeah. own. Like, uh, that's pretty much nothing. And that's kind of how I, like, you know, I was like, okay, I think somebody needs to do something about this whole, <clears throat> this whole stuff. But it's kind of funny. So when I decided to go ahead and, and do this, I went to the Ministry of Transport. Mm, hoping Jesus. to get some set of data <laughs> <laughs> wait for it yeah oh my god I feel like that's probably a, an episode topic on its own I know <laughs> yeah. Nigerian federal government yeah mm. so they didn't have any data right there and but I thought I thought okay if I couldn't get I thought maybe these guys were just trying to be smart with me like you know like who's this young boy here trying to get data from us so I went to some of that some of that agency it's called the VIO I'm not sure if you're familiar with that but it's like a very cool inspection office so and they are pretty much responsible for licensing out routes to the downfall buses. So I was like, okay, oh. so if you give if you give a route for like um, Oshodi to Yabar, and like mm-hmm. you probably have like some repository system where you store these things that you said you people are paying money for this license, so you you keep records of mm-hmm. some of these routes. But like, there was no data for that, and mm, well, here we go. <laughs> I was like, okay, like you're waiting for it. And I met to some guys. I think it was about the time I ran to some guys in Yabar. Well, the so-called mm. Silicon Valley of, <laughs> of Nigeria. Mm. <laughs> so cold. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, so I met some guys right there, like, you know, developers. That was 2013, yeah, if I remember. And these guys were like, yeah, like, you know, we also think about this cool idea too, but this is what we're going to do for this. We're going to create, like, a forum. So, say if Oyekara actually needs a, like directions to Yabar to like Lekki. She would have to go to the forum there and ask for directions and if she's lucky enough someone would respond to that. And I was like, in this twenty first century where I can have seen things already how it worked in like in London and the US, so I was like, There's no way like, you know, somebody has to go out there and get the data. These guys are like it's impossible to go out and get the data and I was like, Okay, well, um, looks like I'm going to just go do see ya, do you want to be here right now, and then go figure out how to get the data out. So I pretty much had to get up boots on ground, get up people around who could help me out with that whole process. That it took about a year to gather that whole data for Lagos, and uh-huh. then I think in another six months for the fair codes. But Abuja was like, you know, really, really sweet. But I think, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, you know, I I felt like, you know, somebody had to do, like, you know, dirty work. So, I was like, you know, the whole beginning for my whole entrepreneurial quest. But I think since then, I never looked back. I was like, this is what I want to do. I think this is kind of going to give me joy. That's a good segue. Because when I heard about Lara.ng, the first thing I thought of was, this is big data stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I can only imagine the level of data acquisition and then the analysis and then having to process that to create what you guys do. Um, so you kind of talked a little bit about this, but the process um, of acquiring that data, how you process that, and then what were some of the hindrances, aside from the Nigerian federal government, um, <laughs> that that you guys had in order to get access to quality 
informa information necessary for the chatbot? Um, so, oh yeah, I think I realized why Sam asked me to say this because then I'm going to have to talk about how he's really good at doing this type of stuff. So you don't have to say it yourself. So it's no humble brag, huh? Good job. Uh, <laughs> I love like good this job. inside feud. Good it's great. Job. Good job. Um, so yeah, but really that's the, I think that's the fantastic thing that Sam brings to the team. Just the end of his story there, what he had to do was he had to go on the streets to get that data. Um, and that's unstructured data because this thing exists in people's minds. Like you guys, when you were in Lagos, if you ever had to get on the bus, you would ask your aunt, your cousin, someone, hey, how do I get to, I don't know, Ikorodu? And they'll tell you what buses you take. People know these things, but there's no like central place where mm -hmm. that data exists. So that's what Sam mm -hmm. did. He kind of went out there into the street and basically started asking questions. Um, so he pieced all the data that he could get from people in his network. We actually have to go into the streets and find out what options, like conclusively, like how can I get to this place? Well, you could take it down for you could take a combination of BRC and down for and Okada. I mean, all of that. Um, and there's okay. kind of um, you need to kind of develop a framework to be able to classify that in a way that you can then put into a program in a way that people can understand and in a way a computer mm -hmm. program can use it. And I think that's definitely what he brings to the table. So um, he did that initially for Lagos. And then, what was that? I think it was last year we did it for Abuja as well. So Abuja is coming soon. Um, so, mm -hmm. so we, so I guess the simplest way to answer your question is, we do it the dirty way. We go out and get the data, but mm -hmm. then to refine it and expand it, we kind of crowdsource that aspect. So we rely okay. on people to keep us up to date. And there are like a, there's like a strong Lara fan base out there. People who tell us, hey, your BRT buses fares have changed. So it used mm. to be 50, now it's 70, and we go back in there and update it. Um, but a, a soft, um, an update we're working on is going to allow people do that themselves on the platform, right? So you could actually go there on Lara and then update certain fares that change because these things change, you know what I mean? So um, mm -hmm. so yeah, that, that's how it works. Um, people like to say there is no data in Nigeria. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of data. It's just very unstructured, yeah. you know what I mean? You, you, you got to mm -hmm. be able to go out there and do the hard work to get it. And that's yeah. that's what we've tried to do. Yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah. This is if I have a question. So um, you said that you went out to get the initial set of data. So essentially you went to like every bus stop and asked or like, did you have a team? You know, and, yeah, and I'm thinking would... of like sociology <laughs> field research type. Yeah. Send people out and like, you know, have them take the buses yeah. or yeah, that's I what mean, you did. Yeah, I would say some of it and then some you could go there and then. You know, tell them how awesome you are. But yeah, he he's pretty. You, what you do is you, you you get a bunch, you get a team of people. You know what I mean? And you you kind of have to train them. This is what we are looking for. This is how you classify okay. the data. Um. So that's it's also like a part of the skill set is being able to organize people to do this task mm -hmm. and then kind of mm -hmm. sweep and go. Because I was available for the Abuja one, and you know it, that is hard work right there. Um, so, I mean, so yeah, you organize people, you go out there, you get that data, you classify it, you kind of do a sweep of bus stop by bus stop, you classify everything, um, and then you kind of record this in a way that the computer can understand. Sam, do you, do you want to share some of your secret sauce inside? That's amazing. That sounds like a lot of work. Because... <laughs> He's like, yeah, you, you, you already blew my trumpet well, don't worry, I didn't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> I approve of you guys this. are cute that big. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah this okay. is this is praiseworthy because mm -hmm. like you you guys said like it's not that there isn't data it's just that it hasn't been organized collected and organized into like an accessible system yet mm -hmm. and it exactly. sounds like you guys are doing the hard work of you know pulling that and organizing it and using it to essentially operate, you know, Lara, um, yeah, someone, which actually I was wondering, yeah, so I was actually wondering, how did you guys come up with the name Lara to begin That's with? Oh, sorry. Okay. I don't believe that. Is that real? No, it's not. <laughs> my my I'm, like, I'm like, wait, there are three guys. Someone's girlfriend would have been mad. Like, why oh my is my name? <laughs> exactly, I know, right? That would have been a protest. Um, yes. Yeah. I feel sure. like this is a good time to talk about our third co-founder. I feel like we haven't talked about okay. him as much. He's going to kill us when we get on the podcast. If you know. Um, 
So Inamd is the tech guru. Um, he's like the mastermind behind Lara, to be honest. I mean, we do some of the work, but he does the magic with the artificial intelligence and getting the, chat, the chatbot to be very responsive. Um, and yeah, so uh, he has a he has a PhD, and he's actually a doctor from um, from MIT. Um, so he's mm-hmm. pretty well rounded. Has a strong background as a computer engineer. Um, how that fits into this story is we had he had a he had an initial name. It was Adeola. He had uh, for Lara sure. in the beginning, and it was a it was a complex <laughs> acronym. It was a complex. Wow, acronym. Amaya has thoughts. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, is not in, not not that friendly. <laughs> yeah, it's not right. It's difficult to exactly. So it was like an acronym, like official something for Lagos and Abuja. Uh, and we were okay. like, that's that's difficult. <laughs> um, so what we had said was we need we need a two syllable name um, that's easy to pronounce, kind of like Siri mm-hmm. that everybody can get. But we also, I think the tricky part was we wanted a name that was global but still kind of local. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like everybody gets it, but we could still kind of tie it to Nigeria because that's where we are from. Mm-hmm. So Lara was kind of our sweet spot because, you know, Omolara is a Nigerian name, but Lara is mm-hmm. actually not necessarily Nigerian. I think it has like Greek roots. <laughs> so, you know, it could be anything, you know what I mean? So, so you kind of check those. It checked those two boxes in that it was local and global at the same time, but it was also like a simple sort of syllable name anybody could understand. Um, because mm-hmm. we are like, one day Lara is going to be a global citizen. That's what we tell mm-hmm. ourselves. So everybody needs mm-hmm. to That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Snaps for you guys. I like that That's vision. Dumb. That's dumb. <laughs> I really like it. Yeah. One thing I would say, this is Ife, one thing I'd say though, is that why is Lara's hair straight though? <laughs> come through, come through, come why through. Why is her hair straight? <laughs> well, actually, um, you know. Sam, that's for you. Sam designed that. Sam, that's for you, dude. Sam. They <laughs> just threw him under the bus. <laughs> like, Sam, did you hear my question? If it was like you go answer this question today, we even I don't know if about hair hair like you know <laughs> that's kind of funny thing. So um, <laughs> I I had given her some braids and she had some really funky stuff. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I think she was too she was too funky. I was like, let's just keep this girl very simple right now. She's just going to school. She's in primary school, right? Huh. Huh. <laughs> Laddie, guys, Laddie and Ife are gonna have a conversation after this podcast. Afterwards, we're yes. just going to move. You right mean Laddie and um, you mean Ife and Sam? Yeah, sorry, Ife and Sam, Sam are going to be having. <laughs> we'll let you know what the verdict is. Yeah. If Sam is still alive, we'll we'll give yeah, you the clearly, <laughs> clearly, Sam needs a lesson on how to how to do this stuff. So yeah, please, we welcome any yeah. feedback you have for us on how we could work on yeah, that. Maybe a nice Afro you know or I mean? something, you know. Yeah, yes. nice afro would be good. Nice afro, some braids, something that you know shows her origin as a proper Nigerian. Threaded hair. <laughs> what? Oh, boy. Okay. Now I see where Thread. you girls, I see where you girls are coming from. I Roger, know. I got it. I got it. Cool. Yeah, I so I don't know if you guys know, but hair is very important to black women. Mm-hmm. And you know, for this is we've been subjected to Eurocentric standards of beauty forever. And now we're stepping into, we're stepping into our lights where we're, Mm. you know, being more um, proud of our hair and be, you know, Mm. flaunting our hair. So I think that the stuff we produce that is supposed to um, embody an African woman or a black woman should also have hair that looks like ours. Yeah. It's the little things. A lady with a good afro can still be a global citizen. You know, I know you're thinking long term exactly. and you're thinking international. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Y'all, y'all weren't ready. You <laughs> didn't know what you were walking everywhere. into. <laughs> uh, they point weren't taking, aware. Point taking, point taking. <laughs> Not to say that there aren't, you know, Nigerians that have straight hair, but, you know, let's not exclude them too. Yeah. Well, the, true, but... Anyway, uh, to be fair, I think what Sam tried to do was he tried to put like a blank slate where Lara could become something more in the future, kind of have to figure it out because it's still pretty early times. Okay. So if you notice, she doesn't have like, she doesn't have like any eyes or anything, so mm-hmm. it's like a blank mm-hmm. face. Um, so yeah, we could develop on that, and we would definitely use some of the input you've given us today. For okay, sure. cool. Or maybe like yeah. Lara can be like your emoji. You can like customize Lara to look like you. Oh, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're, we're giving yeah, too many. Uh, 
I know. See, so for consultation, um, email us. Not your African cliche at gmail.com. Thank you very much. But I was uh, Yeka over here. I was just thinking about um, you know this data acquisition and how you mobilize people. And um, because I'm in education, my first thought is you know are there majors where it's like maybe transport services or something where for students like this could be their like end of year project you know or this is something mm-hmm. that they could be working on in class you know that way it kind of has a broader impact like you guys want it to um and it's equally structured but once again Next for up. consultation not your african cliche <laughs> at gmail.com we do charge you're welcome yeah, that's a dope idea like how people make it be their thesis project or something exactly yeah, yeah. i think that'd be cool Think what we've actually been working on is we're thinking about NYSC um, graduates. If you think mm-hmm. about it, they're a bunch mm. of like you know freshly educated kids who are leaving their hometowns and going to some weird place in in Nigeria. You know what I mean? Oh. And uh, not mm. all of them yeah. have like real jobs over there or stuff they want to do. And we feel like they're an excellent target. So hey, you're going mm. to this city in Gombe. We need to map out mm. Gombe. We've we've already structured out how we're going to collect this data. Um, can you do this mm. and earn some money mm. for it? Because, I mean, it will be yeah. a great way to make it as a part of curriculum as student work. But uh, I, mm-hmm. I think we see more incentive to do a great job with people when it's aligned with money, you know what I mean? So that's kind of <laughs> why we've been thinking about NYSC. Um, but, yeah, when we want to scale, I feel like students are also a great resource to tap into. You're right. Yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised what they'll do for a grade. Trust me. I'm dealing with them right now. It's getting to the end of the semester. It's like, bro, you had all semester. But you know that this is a different podcast. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. dope, dope. Um, um, sorry, I have one more question ahead. that's kind uh-huh. of related to data. This is Ife. So you said that you're building up a feature where people can uh, submit fair changes and stuff. Um, I'm guessing you guys also have a way to validate whether that's true mm-hmm. or not. Because in this era of, you know security and fake news and fake shit all over the internet <laughs> it's just kind of scary to yeah so what are your plans for that if any sam here um internally we have a validation team for each local government so um yeah so when you say okay. something like you know we send it out to folks and sort of what we also kind of have in, in the pipeline for the builders this would also be vetted amongst other community members for instance now if i said <clears throat> lucky to yaba was five thousand there well there's some things you could actually just like well this person is just bluffing around right now and then you could also have people who are within that who mm-hmm. take this route every day like you know i see this thing so if laddie decided to just go play some <clears throat> hooky poker stuff right then added that right there his edit to be written under that this so submitted by laddie laddie said this and then people in the community could also say hey laddie's talking shit right now let me take him off the let me take him off the group mm-hmm. oh okay. take him off the group okay no you're not on the group anymore laddie like you're you're done okay uh- <laughs> see what happens to me they just kick me off the group for nothing <laughs> Um, so on a basic level, what does a user require to access Lara.ng? You know, the internet-enabled phone um, or mm-hmm. desktop. You could just go in, open your web browser, and type www.lara.ng, and it takes you to the screen that looks a lot like WhatsApp. Um, and that was intentional. We did that so people do what they do on WhatsApp, just chat with the other person on the other side. Um, so you don't have to really think about it because user experience and User experience is a big thing for us. We try to keep it simple, keep it skinny. So people go there and they're like, okay. And Lara already kind of initiated the conversation. She's like, hey, where can I help you get to today? For example, I'm going from here to here. And, you know, mm-hmm. typically most of the time, you know, not 100% of the time, but most of the time people put in the, put in the right query. Um, <laughs> and they, uh, they ask Lara already, they tell Lara already want to go to and she responds. Um, something that we are working on um, is to get people offline access to Lara. Um, mm-hmm. So you don't have to go online. And the way we are doing that is we are currently talking with some telecommunication companies where we could get mm-hmm. like a short code where you could just, you know, okay. use this short code and access directions through Lara. But we That's need cool. some Perfect. partnerships to, to make that work because 
we are aware that a lot of our target market may not be able to have mm -hmm. access to mm -hmm. internet enabled phones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that would be a great way to reach them. So that's that's something that we are working on. But I think something else that we've already done is Lara is a progressive web application. And what that means is um, it's, it's, a, it's a website that you can save to your phone. So as opposed to, you know, going to the app store like your um, Apple store or your Play store to download like a 50 meg app, um, you could just go to the Lara NG site, go to menu, then add to on screen, and then it saves to your phone like an app. Um, you can actually have Lara icon on your home screen as an app. So some functions are available offline, so you could use Lara offline. Um, you know, and, it's, and it downloads to your phone with just kilobytes, you know. So that's something we built because we are always thinking about who our target users are. Um, they don't have heavy data. They don't want to spend money on data like that. So we're trying to make mm -hmm. the product kind of suit their preferences. Okay, this um, is Amayo. Can, can I ask a quick Sorry, question just to add to what you just said before you move on? So, okay, I know you mm -hmm. talked about NYSC, like COPAS, um, you know, being a major, like a big part of your target market. But when you started Lara, what exactly or who exactly was your target market? Because I'm trying to think. So mm. the people who live in... Okay, let me just stop there. Who like who was your target market in mind? So we had like, you know, a couple of students, um, young working professionals, mm -hmm. NYC graduates. Um, pretty much people who are like, you know, between the ages of like eight, eight, 18, 25, and then a lot of 25, 34s, because even within Lara today, you still find a lot of people who use Lara primarily for, like, okay. I have a job interview, I'm getting to this place, I don't know how to get there, I'm running late. Um, that's a heavy use case usually, but um, the students, I mean, if you think about it, so most students do not have cars, uh, they're on a budget, they're looking for like, you know, what's the cheapest way, how do I get from A to B, and they're the ones who are always looking for like, you know, one cool mm -hmm. place to go hang out or, or whatnot, but the thing is like, you know, because they don't have the access to cars right there, so... <laughs> Uh, it's kind of like you know fits just very right for them. Um, so we're thinking about that user that's um, savvy enough to look for a solution online, like you know your your Google Map type user, someone who could use a Google Maps. But Google Maps in Nigeria doesn't have uh, public transit directions, mm -hmm. um, and Lara mm -hmm. kind of gets you that. So we're looking at yeah, yeah, you're gonna be young definitely because yeah, I mean we would love for 50 and 60 year old people to use Lara, but. Um, <laughs> We're not holding our breath. It's probably not going to happen, yeah. you know, as frequently as young people. Mm. Um, so we're, we're typically young. The data already shows mm -hmm. we're getting people from 16 to 35. Um, but, you know, you, um, yeah, they're online for the most part. So, and they, they, so are, you, are you guys, do you they, think they, your goal will be for Google to buy you guys? Or like, maybe not buy. I'm just, you know, okay, let me, that's one, that's one a good that question to ask. <laughs> That would Oops. be fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it would be great to be an acquisition target for, for Google. Google. Yeah. But um, right now we we see we see Google as we are, we are collaborating with them as opposed to being competitors because mm -hmm. I mean they're they're a large company solving lots of problems, but then they are pockets of problems that they can't they can't solve just mm. because it might might not be economically feasible for them or for whatever reason. And we are trying to do that, and, and uh, we have been in touch with Google. We we are using some of the APIs as well. Right. They know of our existence, so um, you know that would be a great outcome. You're on their radar. Focus on doing what we do. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. dope. <laughs> um, this is Ife. So you talked about um the data, like the age data. How are you getting that information? Are people like volunteering that information when they access your website, or are you using Google Analytics or? What's the deal with that? That's question number one. Then question number two, like, you know, in this age of Google and Facebook and people becoming more aware that if you're not paying for a service, you're probably the service. Um, like, what is your vision, I guess? To like, monetize it. How would you become, yeah, how would you be viable? Or how, how do you intend on making money, essentially? So that's a two-part question. How are you getting data on the people who use it, demographic data, and what's your plan for money in the future? <laughs> or, yeah. 
Um, Sam, you take the first question. I have. I take the second one. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. So, um, part two, Lara. So, I think I mentioned we had a protocol by Alpi. It was same, pretty much same thing. Google Maps, Maps interface right there. <clears throat> I'm not sure why they actually dropped this for Nigerians. Uh, we have this agent-driven economy where people tend to ask for things, and that's kind of like you know what stood a whole vision for. Uh, for Lara. But prior to that, we had like you know, the whole maps interface where people would register and like you know say like you know this is Onyeka, this and this is Lani Ojora, this like you know. And we had a lot of <clears throat> you could see it on the back end like you know this are uh, people tell you like you know that you just sign in with login with Facebook um, through their account right there, so we could see most of that. I think another thing that you really could see, um, not just only within um within Lara itself on the back end, it was even outside of Lara so and social media pages there, like you know, uh, and even around campus so people would be like, Hey, I use Lara for this, like you know, I heard for I heard about Lara um from my roommate and my dumb mate in school. I heard of Lara during this students like in reunion something that um so that's sort of kind of like, you know, informed uh like, you know, that whole data for who exactly these folks where I think that we were also able to know this. Uh, you can see a lot of on the back end, like, you know, queries people who are going for like job interviews. So like, you know, you <clears throat> sometimes like, you know, you get those heavy traffic for some of those that uh, we were able to like, you know, tell this uh, like, you know, so I think that our way in which we, we also had that was, so we didn't learn, there was a time when we actually had like, oh, I call it a poll. Yeah, like, that's where it was, right, laddie? Yeah, yeah, we had a poll. Yeah, it was a poll, like, you know, like, you know, you would kind of, like, you know, say where you had Lara from and, like, you know, sort of, like, identify who you were. So, like, people were, like, voting, like, you know, I have a Lara from my schoolmates, I have a Lara from my workmates, like, you know. So, like, you know, sort of, like, you know, gave us some insights as to that. And then I think a bit of some Google Analytics as well, too, but it was a combination of, like, you know, our past previous users from WordPerpers, my RP, who sort of, like, you know, Transform all the way to Lara, and there was a couple of things right there. We there wasn't like one straight way we were able to say, like, you know, say this was this is exactly who they were, but it was it's kind of obvious as well. So, like, you know, this are it's like people who are using this for, and even for me, kind of queries they actually say, like, you know, uh, you know what kids in universities typically would like, you know, say and ask for it, it was just written all over it, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think the the only thing I'll use to clarify that is, um, now we have the insight to be able to look back with Google Analytics, and that was pretty specific. I think. Um, I mean, I can't know if I get the stats right, but over fifty percent, I think almost seventy percent of our users are between the ages of eighteen to thirty-five, which makes sense for us because a lot of our a lot of our targeting has been focused on young working professionals and students. And like Ores said, the data also reflects that. So that's kind of how, and our messaging also is focused at that audience. So that's why it kind of checks in and that's our target audience. Mm -hmm. um, on how we make money, to be honest, we've been focusing a lot on figuring out the product and making it work really well. And we know we still have quite mm -hmm. a ways to go because you know to build a great product that's truly scalable, that stuff takes time. Um, so the way we make money now though is First is true location-based advertising. So just like you said, the people are the product. Um, but we actually think it's a yeah. we actually think it's a collaborative thing, right? Because, um, yeah, that's the way the service is able to come to you for free. Um, and then we only whenever we do whenever we do ads, we are always thinking about what's relevant to our audience. Um, like the last one of the last ad folks um, advertisers yeah. we had on our platform was Staff Force Nigeria. And what they do is uh, they um, they provide like a staff bus service for workers going to work. So it's not restricted to one company. It's like a staff bus that aggregates people by location. So picks up people from a certain location and takes them to work in a kind of a certain location, like from Agege to PI. So that fits our target market, right? Because they don't have mm -hmm. cars. That's why they use that. So that's why we show them relevant ads. So we feel like it still balances the system. So that's why we do location-based ads. And then the second thing that we have is, I figured we're going to talk about it later, but I might as well bring it out now, is uh, Lara for events. So people had been approaching us, telling, yeah, um, I think, well, funny story, um, we had seen a wedding IV 
you know how they have wedding IVs in Lagos and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. uh, how to get there. Mm-hmm. And then on the how to get there, there's usually like a map where they tell you like, turn right at this bus stop, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? They're like this funny map. <laughs> but in place of that map, they just had a go to LAD or NG and ask for direction. And we saw that and we just went crazy. We we're like, people are actually putting this on like nice. IVs. But I think the point where it got real was when people approached right. us and they're like, hey, I'm going to have a wedding soon. I want to have a special hashtag for my wedding on Lara and Angie, um, so that people could just say hashtag um, Sam Toby 2017. Um, and then Lara knows that this is your address and then she can give you directions to that place. Right, right, right. Um, so that was something a bunch of people had asked us for. So we were like, okay, we'll develop that for you. How much do you want to pay? <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was, um, <laughs> that was a kind mm. of, that was a revenue opportunity that came to us. So we kind of fleshed out Lara for events. I mean, I'm happy to we, I'm happy to show you a demo afterwards. But in addition to direction, there are other perks. Like you could RSVP for the events through Lara. Um, you could get video driving directions. That's like step-by-step, turn-by-turn video navigation for your event. I mean, you could get other mm-hmm. things kind of padded onto that. Um, and you get, your, obviously, your special unique hashtag. And people can kind of relate with your event through Lara, kind of gags questions and all that. Um, so that's kind of a demand-based service that people also ask for. So location-based ads and Lara for events is how we make money now. Um, we envisage there will be some other opportunities in the future, but like I said, we're trying to focus a lot on kind of building out the product and making it work right. In one of your interviews, um, I, I read that you guys said how Lara is, I mean, it's progressive, and you said that today, um, how the future of Lara is dependent on the people who are using the chatbot, right? So what are some of the like crazy things that people actually ask Lara? <laughs> that you're considering and you're not considering. Spill the tea. Yeah. Yeah. Um I, I was just trying to remember some of the top of my head, I'm sure. Or right, Sam has a lot more. Um so yeah, we are yeah, he's already left. Yeah, we are um <laughs> We are a data-driven company, right? We like to say we want to do what the data is telling us to do. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, you'll be surprised, like, when Lara went live, even till now, people just come to Lara, can you be my girlfriend? Can you find me your boyfriend? Can you find me your wife? I need someone to hang out with tonight. So there's, like, there's a strong need for, like, a companion or people to talk to. Like, oh people come to Lara and they have, like, Wait, does she respond though? Um, or she's like Siri, like I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, um, well, she could, but our, our tech guy is always pushing back on building that out right now because I mean it's like mm-hmm. a Pandora's box, right? Because if you do A, then you got to do B, yeah. C, and D. So I mean, mm-hmm. our focus is direction. Yeah. We want to do that really well. Mm-hmm. If we decide that that's the direction that we want to go in, then we gotta. You know, we got to do the same process of getting conclusive data and building that out. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, so most of the time she's unresponsive. Only, only, only for like the regular, like, you know, greetings and stuff, she'll say hi back, speak to you in your language and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Lara as a companion is something that comes up a lot. I mean, delivery and logistics, for some reason, comes up all the time. They're like, you know, can you order me rice and bring it to my apartment? Can you order me fried rice and oh this and bring gosh. it to my apartment? It's uh-huh. like... So we see a lot of delivery and logistics, mm. and I think fintech and payments comes up all the time, just because that's a big thing in Nigeria right now, like financial technology. And like all mm-hmm. the big businesses are kind of fintech businesses. So I mean, we get that a lot too. People are like, you know, they want to pay some stuff through Lara, and then you know, investors are asking us to go in that direction because we become more viable. So I mean, that those are those are things that we've seen that people ask for. Oh, oh well, I think I should also say one thing that they ask for a lot is rideshare. So if you're a transportation mm. service, people immediately mm. think Uber and Taxify. Yeah. Like, yeah. Call me an Uber right now. Like, mm. call me an Uber to my house now. Lara, go do it. Like, she's your house here. You know what I mean? It's so forceful. <laughs> um, so we... And it's also kind of weird. Because the app is right in your phone. So why not, like, call the Uber uh, yourself? Laziness? Is that what but we're then, getting? Uh-huh. But then, like, does that, does that kind of remind you? I don't know if you... Um, well, I don't have one, but like the Amazon Echo, mm-hmm. and what's the what's mm-hmm. the bot's name? Alexa. I don't remember what they call it. Alexa, Alexa, yeah. So like that Alexa. that kind of reminds me of you know kind of what she does, you know how she orders 
um, like Ruben Lirunlo. Or, yeah. So like, do you guys kind of see Lara kind of becoming something like that, or is that like a secret that you're trying to keep? I mean. <laughs> I'm I'm really trying good to get. Good laugh was that. That was such a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, that would that would be uh, that would be. The, Alexa is able to achieve that because they have this thing where they open up their platform to a bunch of people to build on top of um, Amazon mm-hmm. Echo. So yeah. it's kind of like a plugin where other people can build on top of it, and they're able to do that because they have such massive scale, which is also what we think about internally. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. you want to get good yeah. at one thing first, and then. Developers mm-hmm. are interested in building on top of your platform, which we are kind of seeing now, right. but not at that That's scale. True. So we gotta keep mm-hmm. doing what we are doing right and keep mm-hmm. doing yeah. it in other cities, so that we get that kind of you know people want to work with us and do that. Because Alexa can't do all of that by herself. It's kind of she opens the platform to other developers. So that's, I mean, yeah. we may go there, we may not, but right now it makes logical sense to kind of focus on directions and do that really well. I think the, the other thing I wanted to kind of drop in there before the question came in. In response to the Uber and Taxify thing, it made sense for us to do it, and we did it actually. So right now, when you uh, when you tell Lara where you're going, Lara would also ask you, "Hey, you want more options?" And if you click more options, she mm-hmm. would show you you could get an Uber or a Taxify mm-hmm. for this. This is how much it'll cost you, and then this is the closest one is three minutes away, the closest one is five minutes away. So you could from there click it oh, and book your Uber or Taxify. So yeah, um, you know. The data, the data showed mm. that people wanted that, and then we did it. Yeah. And I just think that in general, this concept of data, like I, I'm thankful that you know within our context, like this is this is a big thing because a lot of things are being driven by data, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so for our businesses out there, you know, I'm just thinking of one million and one possible collaborations between you guys, you know, and and different businesses, like people wanting to know what what's the age 19 to 36 bracket thinking of right now like what business yeah. is going to suit you know the kind of information that you guys are generating so mm-hmm. are you hopefully at some point going to put out or make your data accessible for people in the future oh. um uh, okay I'll, I'll allow you to go into it but i'm just going to say like we are very protective of what you know our users go on solar and say like even for mm-hmm. us, the stuff the mm-hmm. stuff we see is the stuff Lara doesn't understand. So because mm. she's she's like a system that learns from experiences and then like she tries to learn from that so that she can answer the next person who asks a similar question or the same question better. So what we see mm-hmm. is what someone had asked Lara that she didn't understand and then she shows it to us. So most of it we actually don't have access to and we think it's good for users to feel like they have their privacy. When you talk to Lara, mm. um, yeah, I think we would like to keep it that way, yeah. and we we wouldn't sell or share that data with people who want to buy. Nice, yeah. yeah, yeah. Great answer. This is if I was about to ask a question about privacy, because again, like my own background, so I work in the ad tech yeah. industry, or I used to work in the ad tech industry, and I'm just like very disillusioned and. <laughs> kind of feel yucky about the whole industry because it's it's, it's very it's become so hyper targeted it's become yeah, such a right? driver for mm-hmm. exactly it's become a driver for like pred- all different kinds of predatory shady shit like like predatory lending and like you know um targeting people i'm i'm talking about this from a u.s uk context where like targeting for prop targeting people to for-profit colleges just essentially predatory and what i'd encourage people in developing countries like ours who are starting down the ad tech path to learn from you know the america and, and the uk the more developed world's mm-hmm. mistakes when it comes to that kind of thing making sure like you know privacy is is um at the top of everybody's mind and making sure that you you have rules in place about the kinds of advertising that yeah. you will not take. Like if you say you will take mm-hmm. everything, like this is how we had, you know, Russian bots and, you know, whatever the fuck else was going on. So essentially having a having principles about the kinds of advertisings and the type kinds mm-hmm. of partnerships you want to cultivate right from the get go will kind of save you a lot of yeah. work. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So you're that, right. Was, that was not a question. That was a comment, but yeah. That's fantastic. That's exactly what we're thinking about. And our, um, our, our um, third co-founder is always super, um, you know, 
it promotes that idea about privacy, um, especially if we're thinking about making the product available on a global scale. It's something we have to start doing even now. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming on and sharing about Lara.ng. For those of you who haven't heard about it, you heard it here first. So go check it out. Save yourself <laughs> yeah. the woes of asking one million people for directions <laughs> to where you're trying to go. Can I just say that, mm-hmm. sorry, this is Ife. I remember like the first time I took public transport um, ever by myself and I like was crying. I thought my Aww. father... I thought my father hated me and wanted to murder <laughs> me. Because, like, essentially, like, you know, I grew up, squ- like, we're squarely mm-hmm. middle class. You know, we're not we're not too sure anything. So I took public transport, but I always took it with an adult or somebody else who, know, who mm-hmm. knew what they were doing. So, af- and I went to boarding school. So after boarding school, um, I usually went out with my dad with- in his car. And then the driver would then drop me where I had to go. So I, you know... I was living the cushy life. Then one day, my daddy, my dad just vexed, and he was like, "Oh yeah, take, take public transport." And I was crying <laughs> because uh-huh. I felt so scared, and I was like, "I don't know where I'm gonna take mm. the bus from." Like I knew, but I was Unsure. just, I didn't yeah. have the confidence. So like, Lara would have been mm-hmm. so dope when that was when I was going through that. So I just wanted yeah. to say, so parents, yeah, parents thanks, listening, and, and share. Listen, listen to our <laughs> podcast, send your kids to the wide world. I don't even know. I actually don't even know if Lara would have helped me because <laughs> there's something about getting a public transport that Lara could <laughs> even save me from. Just the ambiance. <laughs> the aggressiveness it's just one of those things you have to do it and then uh, you know but i will say that i have a memory of like you know my mom like driving around and like asking random people Mm. for directions like (laughs) and now when i think about it i'm like wow you just stop somebody (laughs) that you don't know in some neighborhood and say right so much trust direction and they're like oh this it's just yeah it's interesting so now that you know lara is around it's yeah, it's changing. Well, I don't make yeah. grandiose statements, but it mm-hmm. is a step in the right direction, yeah. I think, in, in changing how we move around mm-hmm. in Lagos. For sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so before we do our last portion of the podcast, okay. I just wanted to make um, a statement based off of this data acquisition topic. So there is a project oh. <clears throat> called the Nigerian Man Project, which is trying to get data from Nigerian men's experiences. So um, we'll put a link on there, but it's tiny.cc forward slash the Nigerian Man Project. So this is for every Nigerian man that you know get them to go check this out and answer the questions. It's like a few survey questions, nothing too big. Um, And so with that said, we usually do what we're listening to, what we're reading, or what we're watching, um, Laddie and Sam. So anybody want to tell the world what it is that they're up to? Yeah, I can go first. Um, This is Ifeoa, and I will start off with what I'm reading which is Fresh Water by mm. Akweke Imezi. Ooh, did you get and an arc? I did. <laughs> oh my God! Get it, get it, get it. If that is dancing right now, you can tell. Hashtag, hashtag nerd alert. This is us nerding out about a book. I'm nerding out over the fact that you got an advanced reader's copy. That's dope. I mean, it's a digital copy. Still. It's still, it's still. So for those who don't understand the excitement, Freshwater is a, I want to say like a very highly anticipated debut by a Nigerian author called Akweke. Um, and she's published a bunch of short stories. A number of, of them have won awards. She's been recognized by Chimamanda Adichie. Mm-hmm. Like, she's a big deal. And so when she announced that she was releasing her debut novel, most of us in the literary sphere, mm-hmm. like, immediately literary. almost shut ourselves. <laughs> Can you just hold buddy, please? <laughs> like, with excitement. So um, I requested a copy and I got it. So I just started reading it. So the novel is about this protagonist called Ada who has um, um, separate selves within her body. And it's just a narrative about her experience having that fractured self and growing up in Aba and you know, her experiences. So I'm excited. I haven't gone far yet. So I'm literally just started. Um, so that's what I'm reading. I am catching up on underground the show. Um, and I'm almost done with season two. 
this is Ifes. So I just finished reading. Um, is it Dreams from My Father? What's the Obama book? I think it's Dreams from My Father. <laughs> you just sound very unimpressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how like you're asking us. <laughs> I just finished reading that, and it was good. Mm-hmm. It was a good. He he has and I listened to it as an audiobook. So it was very oh, nice. It, tick, it tickled me to hear Obama say nigga and fuck. <laughs> so yeah, that's oh, um, juicy. But, <laughs> yeah, but, it's um, called Dreams from My Father. Yes, thanks, Ifema. Um, so it was a really good book, and it was it's good insight into the man that became the first black president of America and how he grew up, and you know he was very vulnerable in the book. So yeah, it was a good mm. read. It's a very good nice. read. And he, like part of the book or one third of the book was about him visiting Kenya and visiting his father's land. And I found that it was very, it was pleasantly described. There wasn't, you know, an over exoticization of Africa or there wasn't a over, you know, condemnation or whatever. It was like raw and honest and yeah, it was good. I liked it essentially. Mm-hmm. Then... Um, I feel like there's another book that I wanted to talk about, but it just flew out of my brain. She's not there. Yes, she's not there. Ah, if I love you. Um, so I just, I also read this book. She's not there by Jennifer Finlay Boylan. And she's a trans woman who transitioned somewhat later in life. So she transitioned in her 40s. And when she transitioned, she was already married. Mm. So it was essentially like her story of knowing that she was transgender for from a very young age and praying that, you know, she will be cured or praying that love will cure her. And she finally falls in love. But the love, of course, cannot cure you from something like that. So... <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> so essentially like her her journey transitioning and um becoming herself and the book is kind of old the book is older in terms of there's some like maybe now we have a better language or better understanding mm. of of what it means to be transgender now in 2017 than when it was published i think it was published maybe 20, 2012 so some of the language might feel a little mm. off um Talk- 2004 actually oh wow 2004 exactly okay. yeah so definitely mm. it's like decades behind in terms of language and like you know the new mm. vocabulary we used to discuss um being transgender but it was a very yeah. good read about like it, how her family essentially changed and imagine being married to somebody and finding out that they are transgender and like you know the mm. uncertainty of the future whether you're going to stay together or not how you're going to raise your kids um, yeah, it was a good read. And she is a professor. So she was a professor at Colby College when, when she transitioned. And oh, wow. her employer was very supportive. And it's a good, mm-hmm. it, I liked it. It was good. What I'd say is just like how the book is. It's very, she's an English professor. So it was like, I felt some parts of it were unnecessarily flowery. And like she had mm-hmm. like weird short vignettes in the book. I'm like, why are you telling me this shit? <laughs> Um, like, mm. can we get back to the main plot? But, but in general, it was good. So that's nice. what I'm reading. Um, I am watching The Good Place. <laughs> I love yes. it. Yeah, I can't believe it took me this long to get yes. into The Good Place, but I am so into it. Oh my! And Christine Bell is such mm-hmm. a good actress. Like, she's definitely mm-hmm. underrated. So I'm into The Good Place. And I'm also watching Queen Sugar season two. I feel like Queen Sugar is such a, like, it's such a rich series that I can only, like, watch, like, two episodes at a time. I am the master binger, but, like, Queen Sugar, I can't, like, I love it, but, like, Mm. I feel like I just have to take my time. But, yeah. Sorry. That was a lot. But, yeah. That's real. Hey, this is Amayo. Listening to a bit of Eminem. Oh, so I I first yeah so recently I listened to Pink's new album and I really liked mm. his feature in Revenge, and then he came out with this song with Beyonce Walk on Water, which to me was just like amazing. Just well, it was just it was just I was very surprised because his rap was pretty much saying how you know there's so much pressure because people think he's not as good as you know what he used to how he used to be and you. Know, 
his raps are no longer as fire as they were. And I'm just like, wow, this Eminem, like, to me, he's a legend. Like, I think he's a genius. If you ever listen to his lyrics, like, um, I'm just like, okay, I don't know what's going on in this guy's mind. But, I'm like, just going to come in and say Eminem like, is a legend. Everything. I think he's amazing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, but, but, like, listening to Walk on Walls, I was just like, wow, like, to think that he also has these insecurities and feels like he's not enough. And I'm like, it's just so crazy to me. I just want him to know that I love him so much and he'll always be, you know, so great in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> this profession of love. I wasn't <laughs> But yeah, no, I really, really, I really, really, really do like him a lot. I know he can be, I know he can be crass and a bit harsh, but you know what? It's part of it's part of it's part of the art, okay, uh-huh. guys. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm, I'm done. How about playing games? Okay, uh-huh. okay, uh-huh. that's different. Okay, uh huh. What are you What are you playing? Yeah, I was I was messing around while talking about games. Um, um, so I started reading. Uh, Sort of like you know, listening to this audio book again. It's called Startup CEO by Matt Bloomberg. I had read it once before, and for some reason, like I, I felt like I needed to like you know connect again with this book. Very great resource for first-time CEOs, people who don't understand how to run a business. Um, I think it's always uh, <clears throat> it's always been a, a good, useful resource for me. I had started reading that sometime in 2014, but never had a chance to like you know wrap that up. I Recently, just had a chance again to start listening to that and buy audibles. I think I think I reach for myself on Ladi. Usually, I can kind of find myself with um, I have a series of podcasts. We usually listen to um, some from HBR and then from NPR as well. Um, kind of sort of I can go on this show right now. It's called Madiba. Uh, um, Tell you about Laura's Feast on so Yeah, uh, I I really didn't know so much. Uh, I, I think what I kind of knew of Mandela was just like you know, just basic stuff you read, uh, but I think this the show sort of like you know puts that whole you know, appetite and like you know puts that whole grow nature to things where you get to see what people actually had to suffer of the country like you know, most people in Nigeria don't get to like, you know, experience that whole racism stuff. So most times when people talk about racism, like most folks can't relate that much. I wouldn't say I can relate that much either. Mm. Um, but yeah, I can. It was a pretty good show, and then I think I'm listening mm-hmm. to. I don't know. I don't know if you guys listen to Christian rap. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I love Lacrae a yep. lot, and I mm-hmm. recently just got his new album, mm-hmm. All Things Open Together. Facts. <laughs> yeah. Come through. All the way. All yeah. the way through. <laughs> yeah. In fact, like you know, everything, like you know, was like I was saying, like in a lot of videos, see everything was in hits back to back. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty good, and I think um, it's kind of like you know, I think this was like a different vibe from Lecrae. Um, most people like to like well, he's lost his 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 origins and his tracks there, but mm. I think yeah, yeah. Oh please, is white evangelical yep. ever saying that oh when God. he came? It's for true their though, edges. but it's true, and when he snatched them right when off. When he too. refused to be there, yeah. When he refused to be there, like you know, Token, magical yeah. Bissau Negro. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we have thoughts. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, I'm just gonna go ahead and, I'll keep and speak. It. Um, so yeah, I'm not really it. reading anything right now, but I'm listening to a lot of Daniel Caesar. Um, I've just been in my R&B feelings mm. <laughs> for a while now. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely listen mm-hmm. to Daniel Caesar. Best part is probably my favorite song on the album. Um, if I'm being honest. So yeah, that's that's what I'm up to. But thank you, Laddie and Sam, for joining our conversation. Um, guys, check out um, Lara.ng if you have any questions. We'll leave their contact information. Actually, where can they find you guys? Um, they can send an email to hello at, hello at Lara.ng or you can send an email to sam at roadpurpose.com. That is road as in road and then preppers as P R E W P E R S dot com and laddie at preppers dot com. Um our emails are very open and you can hear us anytime there. But I think for general questions you can send your emails to hello at Lara Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you 
around. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.